You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked down to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac? Dot com. All right, so the Oscars was Sunday night. We should do. We should make it. We should give it a little uh, theme song. And writer at Mavs.com. Expedia. Oh, yeah, that's already taken. Um, so the Oscars was Sunday night. We had a game, so we could not see. Um, but out of the Best Picture nominations, how many of them have you seen? I think I had seen two. I had seen Dunkirk and Get Out. Okay. So Get Out's like all of, uh, the type of movie that I would be all about. I just I caught different friends seeing it at different times, and so I never saw it in theater. And it's been on my DVR, and I still haven't watched it. And I always forget about it. It's like stashed in my DVR. So I keep on hearing awesome things about it. I just always forget to watch it. So I need to watch it. So you haven't seen Shape of Water? I have not seen Shape of Water. I have only heard one thing about it, and uh, I'm sure that's what everybody else has heard about it too. It looks weird, and that's why I didn't watch it. It looks like Beauty and the Beast with fish. Fish. I don't even know the story behind it. The idea is that they there's this experiment, and so they had this this like fish person, and then the lady was like a cleaning lady, and she like has a relationship, like she creates like this bond with it, and then like obviously something crazy happens, and like the fish's life depends on this woman, and like they're trying to I don't know. It's it, it was comp- somebody I was hearing it explained by the uh, the ringer like post Oscars thing last night. Yeah. And I was still kind of like, uh, I'm not really following you. I don't even know what this is. Now I really wanted to watch the post, but I never got to see it. Oh, that was so nominated too. Yeah. Okay. There's, why are there like nine nominations for best movie? Oh, we also, yeah, it was, okay. It was like so, eight. So I saw, I saw Dunkirk get out the post and Ladybird. Oh, you saw Ladybird. We did. Yeah. Why did you see that movie? Uh, it looked really good, so we wanted to like see what? it. Interesting. Me and like my I wife went. I, yeah, we, if you have Movie Pass, you can go to all the movies. That's true. That's what those are the only do. movies we were interested. In. We we were gonna go see Shape of Water, and then it just never really happened. I just can't imagine like getting my car, leaving my house, and saying, "You know what? Let's just go watch Lady Bird." <laughs> it was good though. I really liked it. But you know when you could go to the movies? When you go to the mall with your friends. That's literally the only time I ever go to the movie to the mall is to go to the movies. And uh, shout, shout out to uh, one of our listeners, Mark Driscoll. Mark's Driscoll. Is that supposed to be like a play on say, Carl, Carl Marx? No, that's a play. I think it's a play on Mark Driscoll, a yeah. pastor in Seattle. That Yeah, Mark Driscoll, but like Carl Marx Driscoll. It could have been, yeah. Probably not. He, uh, he tweeted us today and said, I very literally lol that you asking Isaac if he goes to the mall with people. <laughs> oh man isaac did you get do you get dropped off at the mall valet <laughs> from your mom 
Yeah, they they va- valet says, my janked up car, which somebody DM'd me about and was like, "Hey, super yes. random, but I heard your car's noise on that one podcast." And he said, "My car makes the same noise." So, do you know what that's about? And I just I laughed. I enjoyed that was my favorite DM ever. Oh, it's so car- great. And I literally wrote him. I was like, "Bro, I don't have the money to fix my car, so I don't know what it is. I just know Same. it like runs and it's fine." So Same. Oh, car issues. I've lit- the only Mavericks games I've missed this entire year because of car problems. <laughs> Cars. They're the worst. We're all right. All going to buy bikes. So, uh, since you know that we don't have any money, you can follow us at uh, at Nick Van Exit and at Isaac L. Harris. You can follow us and support us. That'd be very much appreciated. Go to our uh, sites, Mavs Moneyball and Smoking Cuban. You can go read our stuff there. It helps us out. Um, since you know that we can't fix our own cars, <laughs> you listen to this podcast also helps with that. So thank you for. That's I don't know. True. What do we get? Like a cent, a listen, something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, but not at get... all. <laughs> then, yeah, I don't not, know the rate. All, but... I don't know the rate. Um, <laughs> today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to talk about that Tom Havister article. I know a bunch of you guys tweeted it out to me. I really appreciate you guys trying to keep us in the loop there. Uh, I hadn't seen it until somebody tweeted it to me, so it helps. Neither have I. <laughs> Isaac didn't see it until I texted him like an hour ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I was on my way home. An hour ago, and my wife read it to me while I was driving. <laughs> that is that straight up dedication right there. Like get you a get you a wife that'll do that. Get you. And she, she's like, read me the stats too. Oh, His usage percentage is blah blah blah. <laughs> that's so great. And he made a point about Kobe, and she goes, "That's true. That's true." I'm like, "Yeah, but no, Kobe was not where Dirk's at, like 39." And <laughs> I can just imagine that happening. So we're going to talk about the Tom Havister article. It's an article about uh, Dirk Nowitzki and crunch time and if that's a tanking move. And then uh, we're also going to talk about uh, – we're going to do our top 10 mock draft. So we've been doing kind of our draft boards through the top 10, and now we're actually going to do a mock through the top 10. So we're just going to go as the standings are right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure all the games that matter are decided after the uh, the Grizzlies could not pull off a late win against the Spurs. Oh, they lost by two tonight. I was watching the end of the game. Are the Spurs tanking? I'm hate watching all the. Oh, good lord, they 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 must be. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of it was kind of the law of averages. If your best player is, is out for for so long, you can only smoke and mirrors yourself so many wins. Hey, we didn't put a qualifier on that Timberwolves Spurs bet, so I'm gonna win that bet. Are you sure? I, they're like neck and neck right now. I mean, they both have lost their best players, so. <laughs> I think I'll end up winning it though. They're they're this they are the exact same right now. <laughs> like this some sometime over the next few days, let's bring up all of our uh, board bets. Okay. The Spurs are thirty seven and twenty seven and the t- Timberwolves are thirty eight and twenty Because <laughs> I was looking at our playoff teams that we predicted. Oh yeah. And I was trying to see if like either one of us is gonna be like way off or have how many teams we'd have make it and stuff. And I don't, we both have a good shot at getting all eight from both conferences. I think I have the Clippers at like number six, which they're only, they're only two games out from number six, but that just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And I was, we also thought they'd have Blake Griffin. Yeah. We also thought that as well. Uh, by the way, I was, <laughs> I was at work today and they were playing Colin Cowherd on the TV in the break room. And I was walking by and he goes, Portland, the Lakers are playing Portland tonight and Portland, they're like number three, number three in the standings. And I thought he was, I thought he was totally lying. 
because I just was like, oh, he's out of touch with the NBA. You know, just probably just misspoke or something. Didn't realize Portland is number three in the West. He was not. Colin Cowherd was not lying about that for once. The, no, actually, the Western Conference standings are hilarious right now. I mean, it's Houston, Golden State at the top, and then there's this massive gap. Like, there's literally a 12 game gap from Golden State to Portland, and then New Orleans is right under them. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Davis. Two things with this. First off, I wrote a piece uh, a day or so ago about the two Carlisle assistants from 2011, how they're arguably having their best seasons yet, and Dwayne Casey and Terry Stotts. Yeah, Dwayne Casey with the Raptors and Terry Stotts with the Trailblazers. Yeah, both having remarkable years. And I think both of them, especially, I mean, if Terry Stotts puts his Blazers team as a three seed, he he should get a lot of love. Um, But in a Casey finishes one in the East – you know, some people are calling for Casey's head. You know, the they past were? couple years, yeah. but yeah. So um, that wrote that piece, so you can check that out. It's just kind of cool that both these guys uh, were on that championship staff in 2011, and now they're having their best seasons, pretty much, or could be. And second, Anthony Davis. If Russell Davis, Russell Russell Davis, if Russell Westbrook got mm-hmm. the award last year, why can't Anthony Davis get it this year? He's not. He's not like, averaging those round numbers, Isaac. Oh, stop it! That I swear. That I think. I literally think that that could be one of the worst, like award winners that will go down in history. Like we gave that to Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's just stupidity. He should have never got that award anyway. There's a couple of Kobe years where it should have gone to Kobe. It's not about like who it should have went to. Like, somebody missed out. I mean, yeah, Harden should have got it probably, but, like, it's more of, like, that guy shouldn't have got it. Is the Derrick Rose one going to look bad? No. He, dude, he was big time back then. I know. And but they, they just, were the one seed, wasn't they? just seemed a year early. I'm, I, I like, winning matters a lot to me when it comes to these awards. And I'm, I'm, fir- I'm in that firm camp that your team has to be in the top two or three to an MVP. So New Orleans is only a half game back from Portland, basically. Like like Portland is thirty seven and twenty six, and New Orleans is thirty six and twenty six. So which is just insane. So if New Orleans finishes third, Davis yes, should after Davis Davis should win because and that would be crazy because Harden wins. <laughs> he would probably be second again. Yeah, he would. Dang. But it's like it's like what Carlisle said the other day pregame. He was asked about Davis, and he said, you know. They obviously miss, you know, Demarcus Cousins because he, you know, obviously he's so good and everything. Yes, not. He's like, <laughs> he's like, but when you take him away, it puts even more focus on Anthony Davis in your offense, and that can never be a bad thing. So yeah, uh, you see kind of what it's doing, and plus you kind of you're kind of swapping out Boogie for Miritich, and Miritich is better outside shooter. I don't have their numbers in front of me, but like more of a threat from the outside, I'm assuming. So yeah, I mean. It's crazy what they're doing, and it was really funny seeing Rondo getting booed every game. Oh, every it was so great. Ball, it was so great. A, uh, a Another Mavericks player, we were talking to him about the Rondo thing. We are like, man, like like most of, the, most of the Mavericks in the locker room, they were not there during the Rondo stuff. Like the only ones that were there were really Dirk and, and JJ, right? Like nobody else was in the locker room. Was Sala there for the last year? I don't think so, no. Dwight, no, Dwight got traded for him. So, yeah, there's, like, nobody like nobody in the locker room that has been there long well, Dwight, No, Dwight would have been there. Dwight came with him. Oh, he came with him. That's right. Yeah. It, yeah. So, so, Dwight was there. Dwight knew him in Boston. So, he was there for that for that one year. 
But uh, one player we were talking about uh, when he came in saying, you know, uh, Rondo was a free agent. This is before he went to Chicago. And he's like, man, like, if we can get Rondo. Like, he's playing pretty well. Like, you know, like, we can bring Rondo to the Mavs. <laughs> and then a front office member just looked at him and did, like, the, the cut it out, like, <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's just really funny. It's funny thinking like thinking about players trying to suggest players to the front office, you know. Well, it's just funny. It's funny that you know players, players, and some players are not as plugged in as as we are, listening to every podcast, listening to everything getting brought up. Yeah, you know this player, this player that we we're talking to the other night. You know they didn't, they hadn't even heard of like Bill Simmons and them, like their new, like the whole idea of. The play-in tournament oh, and all yeah. that stuff. The entertaining like, as hell like, tournament. <laughs> it feels like we've like talked about it. Like the media has talked about it like all year, and they're like, "Well, I've never even heard of that." Yeah, it's like you know some of these guys, you know, they just show up, do their thing, and you know, mess around with the media and stuff. That's just not their thing, and and that's great. I mean, I think that's if you can do that, then and some of them still cool. care more about college than the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, you know they're more invested because sure. some of them. I mean, they're fans too. They they have a team. They root for a team. They can be invested in that team. They know everything that's going on with that team. And then like the NBA is their job. You know, it's just it's kind of a weird yeah. paradox because we look at the NBA and we're such fans, but then you know they also you, have fans of they're also fans of certain teams. But in and college. you get different players that are so that some are dedicated to their alma mater, like talking to Nerlens. You know, yeah, that was one of the first things Nerlens and I. Started talking about when we first started getting Yogi to know each other too. about Kentucky basketball and like talking about Kevin Knox and stuff right now. Spending time with Barnes, talking about Joel Berry and some of these guys on UNC. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Josh McRoberts, who absolutely <laughs> does not care about Duke. And so uh, that I learned that really quick. So they're not all of them are invested, but I I think it's really cool when they all stay. Like Dennis, Dennis is. Uh, still fairly connected to what I know, but I asked him the other night if NC the, uh, State's going to make a run. I but. think the check stopped coming in, so I think I think, he, I think he's oh done. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Yogi! Yogi is is uh, still connected. He has he has Indiana games turned on on the TV in his locker room or at his locker. Yeah. JJ Barea not really interested in Northeastern State too much right now. No, no, not really. So, West likes likes Marquette pretty well, but. Man, we have not even started talking about what we we're going to talk about. This is what we do. Let's talk about this dang article. This is what we. This is what we do. So, Tom Habershaw wrote an, wrote an article uh, about Dirk Nowitzki. What's, what's Habershaw do again? He writes for Bleacher Report. He also is part of the Leverage the Chat group that has the Basketball Friends and Zach Harper's podcast. I thought he was ESPN. He was. Oh, he got laid off with Stein and all that. I don't know if he got laid off. I think he may have just left. Like I think him, just, and, I think him and Harper both just left. But I'm not sure about that because Harper was there too. So they jumped off the Titanic before it sank. It may have been after it sank. So Habish shows Rose pretty much. Derek Rose? No, Rose from Titanic. I don't know who Jack would be, but Zach Harper. <laughs> no, he has a job. <laughs> Jack's dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay enough with the enough with the titanic analogies uh you can go see that movie at your local mall <laughs> Look, ah, so tom so Harris wrote this piece it's about dirk Nowitzki, and obviously if you watch all the games like i think i feel like a lot of you listening have watched a lot of the games dirk gets sat in the fourth quarter and he doesn't have a lot of fourth quarter minutes and so 
looking at that, he said, looking at his usage percentage, he said it was 12% in the fourth quarter, which is the same as what Bismack Biombos is. And there was a statement in the article that said, the Mavericks have turned Dirk Nowitzki into Bismack Biombo. And that's where I just stopped reading. Stop. Come on. Here's the whole thing with it. Um, Yeah, like the basis of Haberstroh's argument is looking at the stats and saying – you know, he's not playing during these crunch time minutes. He's really good in the crunch, crunch time minutes. And, you know, they would win more games if he had the ball in his hand. He starts off the whole article telling, running through this play of it's at the end of the game and Dirk's just standing in the corner and Harrison Barnes are in this like ISO and misses a shot at the buzzer and they go in overtime and lose. I think and, he said it was a forced shot in there, but I'm not sure. Ha! So you're bringing out all the jokes. Anyway, it's a little later than normal. <laughs> Did you read that from the only people that cover the team home and away? Home and away. Home and away. Okay. Uh, but that was before the shot was blocked out of bounds, which she should have kept the ball inbound. Anyway, so. <laughs> All the jokes tonight. All the inside <laughs> jokes that you day ones probably know about. There's no raccoons there, though. So that's no, good. no coons. <laughs> raccoons. Uh, raccoon. Uh, that's that's a day one joke. That is a day oh, one joke. Oh, geez. Oh, no. That Back when we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Haberstroh makes this whole whole point about about Dirk and stuff. And, like, I don't want to pull, like, oh, actually, I'm going to pull the card, of, like, local media, national media, and when national media takes a look down at a situation and makes their assumptions. But, like, local media, I mean, we've, we've been there at practices, before game, after game. And we like I feel like we've heard Dirk and Carlisle and them say constantly that hey like we want like this is going to be Harrison's role like this is as far as the last shot we'll talk about the last shot right now yep like that that's the role that they are trying to groom Harrison to be Dirk has openly talked about that we want this like I'm wanting to turn this over to him like let him do his thing let him see if he can be our closer going forward in this franchise and that's what. So that that's the basis of that. And when it comes down to Dirk just playing in the final minutes, I think it's this combination of things. First off, towards the end of the article, I think he's trying to make a point that like maybe Dirk doesn't agree with it because he pulls out a Dirk quote and different stuff like that. And I'm like, listen, Dirk's gonna get what Dirk wants. So Dirk not playing at the end of a game. That's Dirk's decision, okay? Like, if Dirk wanted to come back in the dang game in the fourth quarter, Dirk would come back in the dang game. There's been how many times has Rick said at the podium, yeah, you know, Dirk came over to me and said, hey, let the young ones fi- finish it out. Let them do it. Or, yeah, I'm just not feeling it tonight. Let, let them do it. Like, Rick he, said that he so goes, many- He sits down and eats a granola bar and his, uh, his orange slices and <laughs> calls it a day. But, like, Rick's, Rick's, ta- Rick's said that so many times. And Dirk's been so, like, this isn't – this isn't no way at all any friction thing. Like Dirk's getting what he wants. Like he he's wanting these young guys to take this chance to take to try to grow as players and develop in these you know clutch you know final moments. So the Mavericks are so accommodating of Dirk that they're still starting him, even though that's not necessarily what he's asking for. They're so respectful and accommodating of him. Yeah, they're still starting him. They're putting him, playing him at the five, which is his better position. It helps him, makes him more effective. Now it helps the team, I think, at that point. Uh, to to what degree, you know, we don't know because the team is really bad right now. Um, th- your point earlier about 
Dirk wanting the younger guys to kind of finish out games and wanting Harrison Barnes to be groomed into that role. I saw a lot last year that Dirk was still playing in crunch time and that he was taking some of the final shots. And so last year I asked him in a media scrum, I said, like, you know, all these years later, you're still, you know, kind of the one bailing out this team. How do you start making the transition from you to, you know, a Harrison Barnes or to, you know, somebody else? It was, it's kind of him at that, you know, only him at that yeah. point last year. It was earlier in the year, too, before Yogi and, and everybody. And he said, well, we don't really do that too much now. That was, that was, I think that was like December or January of last year. You know, this is, he's huh. already had said that they have transitioned from him being the closer, being the crunch time guy to, you know, transitioning to Harrison Barnes. Like that had already kind of happened. And so this article is a little late. Now, the point in all of this in saying that, you know, they're not playing Dirk or they're not going to Dirk and crunch time. And by the way, Dirk averages six minutes in the in fourth quarters this year in 59 games. How many minutes per game does Harrison Barnes average, do you think? I have no clue. Six and a half. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> so not that much more. Uh, Dennis is at 6.8. JJ is at 7.4. Wes is at 7.4. Dwight is at 7.7. And Yogi is at 9.1. Uh, oh. So it's it's not like he's not playing. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, he's getting he just as him. much playing time as Harrison is in the fourth quarter. And he mentions him on the court, like in that situation. He's He mentions it that, you know, yeah, he's you know, Dirk's pretty much not doing anything. He's just in the corner. Well, that's not not doing anything he's stretching the floor for barnes yeah to where like it's not that he would barnes would never throw in the ball if barnes drove the lane and dirk's defender helped off of him he'd be hitting hitting dirk in the corner so like when you put dirk in the corner you obviously stretch the defense out and gives barnes a little bit more you know space to do his thing similar to dennis and he mentions dennis's you know shot attempts in the clutch this year too so yeah our guy andy bailey from nba math uh he tw- he tweets a daily stats thread that's really really good and he's this is he had a whole tweet today about Dirk he said Dirk Nowitzki's third in the NBA in catch and shoot field goal attempts this season which seems to be boosting his efficiency in his age 39 season he's posting career best in three points per minute three point percentage effective field goal percentage and turnover percentage so when he is in there he's catch and shoot he's catch and shooting more than anybody in the NBA besides two guys yeah <laughs> and. And I'm pretty sure, the, like one of them's Eric Gordon, and I'm not sure who the other one is, but, uh, like that's what he, is, you know, he's creating that space. And so anyway, that Tom Haberstroh makes this whole entire argument, this whole point, to say that this is a tanking strategy from the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I, I mean, I just respectfully disagree. I mean, it's a great piece, and I mean, Haberstroh is awesome, but I, I mean, I just disagree. I just, I think it's. I don't think it's a tanking thing. I don't think they're looking at it saying, you know what, Dirk, Dirk with the ball in his hand gives us the best chance to win. So we're either gonna we're gonna take the ball out of his hands and we're gonna either bench him or we're gonna put him in the corner and not use him. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's let's give the ball to our young guys, to Barnes or Dennis, you know, or even Wes, and let them do their thing, run a play, hit Wes off a, a screen or something. And let's do our thing. And if Dirk's not in there, then Dirk is fine with not being in there. It's not he's not mad over there all the time because oh I should be in the game. It's not I mean, yeah, so I don't think it's a I think it's a development. Let's still try to, you know, see if Barnes can be that um go to guy in the fourth quarter. So it is what it is. People's gonna 
Dallas has the spotlight on him now. He even mentioned it. If Cuban didn't say the tank in comments, everything would have went smooth. People would be like, okay, blah, blah, blah. But now Cuban said that, everybody's like overanalyzing Dallas right now, saying, what are they doing to tank? Oh, my gosh. How are they playing things? It would have been if Cuban had never made those comments, never been fine. It would have just been a wink, wink, nudge, nudge situation where it's like, hey, look at those guys over there. Look at what they're doing. You know, the Mavericks are you know silently tanking and, and you know, squeaking out some of these losses and you know, doing stuff down the stretch, playing lineups that have no business being played. And, you know, because he got fined all that, I mean, $600,000, the most he's ever been fined <laughs> because of that. Now you are, you know, seeing everybody like start to pay attention to the Mavericks and start looking at certain things. So overall, I, I don't think the article is egregious. I don't think it was one of those where you say, ah, like, you know, it's, that's no good or that, that doesn't even make sense. Like there is some facts behind that. And he's not playing as much in crunch time, which is true, but there are reasons behind it that kind of have to be a beat writer, like Isaac said, or be, be people like us that are like watching the team Yo. every day and, and going to stuff and like having your finger like literally on the pulse. <laughs> yeah, and you, you also have to count too that Dirk's not going to play 35 minutes a game. Yeah. Right now, his most effective – he's not going to play 35 minutes a game and he's always going to start. So that's two guarantees. Right now, what's the lineup that he's the most effective in and the most effective lineup for the Mavericks? It's that, it's that bench one, unit. You know? So, like, for him to get minutes with them, he has to play more with them, but you still want to finish the game with your starters. You see what I'm saying? Like, they still want to put Barnes and Dennis a bunch of them. So, at some point, something's got to give. You either take Dirk out of the second unit so he can finish the game with the starters, or you keep Dirk playing a lot of his minutes with that efficient second unit and then take him out at the end of the game when the starters come in. Because he, he can't play forever. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. It's, it's kind of like you can't really sandwich his minutes, being like playing him, starting him at the beginning and then, you know, playing him at the end as well. You know, that that just takes a, a lot out. And he has – we've talked about it before, how we, he has this specific routine that he has to go through in order to be ready for every single game. And so they are they have specifically decided his minutes, you know, and when he's able to play, when he's able to keep going. He's averaging – I mean, guy's 39 years old. He's averaging 25 minutes a game. Our over-unders at 25 even. So if it's over 25, 25.1, I think you're going to win this. I would win it if it ended today, but if it's under 25, Nick wins. Did we say so if it's see. at 25 exactly? Because we could be in that territory soon. I think it is 25 exactly on the board bet. It says over under 25 minutes. Per I know, game. but what if it, what if he lands at 25 exactly? Oh, I don't know. I guess it just—it's an even bet. We would probably go to the—we would go to the calculator. We would—we would average. We would say how. <laughs> what are the decimal points? If it's you know certain, we'll round up. If it's not, yeah. we'll round down. So, all right. Uh, we we're gonna get to a mock draft today. Let's do it. You still want to do it? Yeah. I mean, we don't have to put a lot of like breakdown on it. Okay. So uh, before we get to that, uh, the Mavericks play the Denver Nuggets tonight, and uh, the. Denver Post beat writer Gina Mizell tweeted out today, Devin Harris darted out of Nuggets practice pretty quickly today. Why? He had the opportunity to pick up his kids from school. His family had stayed behind in Dallas following Harris being traded from the Mavs to Denver at the deadline. Love it. Why take him out of school when you're going to be back over the summer? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you meant like, I thought you meant like, why take him out of school? Like why take the kids uh, out of school? Yeah, like I mean, we were, we said that on the podcast that you know we had heard uh, that 
you know, Devin, his family's going to stay behind, you know, his permanent homes here, stuff like that. So combine that with Donnie's comments about trying to get him back this summer. I mean, it should be an easy transition back. We're, <laughs> but, we're expecting. But it's still going to be a, a really fun uh, tonight uh, at the game. You know, they should have a tribute video for him. Oh, no. You know, <laughs> uh, it's going to be. Oh, the tribute uh, videos. Oh yeah, and Devin deserves it. Like yeah, nobody, there's no Paul Pierce in the Mavericks organization that's gonna get all <laughs> butthurt about it. It is gonna be see weird like him guarding like Dennis. That'd be that's gonna and be awkward. It's gonna be fun to see him guard JJ. Yeah, him guarding JJ. Just you know, I know. I mean, obviously Nick and I are not oblivious. We know it's happened before, but still, it's it's just weird seeing Devin. Uh, it'd be weird seeing him against us. So. We're a Hopefully little oblivious. Not. I don't know. I don't know about that comment. What? It's <laughs> a joke. Shut up, Nick. <laughs> Who's right. with the, who has the first pick? All right, let's get to our mock. You want to go every other, or do you want to just give us our? Uh, you want to just go with our picks? We can do every other. If we disagree, uh, we can just like mention it. But we'll do every other. All right, so we're going as the draft is right now. So I'm on Tankathon.com, and right now Memphis Grizzlies have the number one pick. Do you think they take anyone other than Luka Doncic? Uh, no. I don't either. So we're in agreement on that. Uh, Luka Doncic. By the way, our guy Jack tweeted us and asked us, "What do the What do the Grizzlies do with Chandler Parsons if they take Luka Doncic?" And I what? and I said they forget about the, they forget about him. <laughs> what they do with him? I, it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they draft Luka or not. They're, they're, they've always, they're always trying to get rid of him. Like there's no scenario. Yeah, they they take Luka and he's kind of as bad as Joakim Noah now. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad, but yeah, I mean, if if that would happen, it would almost be like they're they're like Tim Duncan year for Memphis, you know? Yeah, you come right, come right back around, and hopefully you have a healthy Conley and Gasol to go with Luca. Like I would, I wouldn't want to see Luca in Memphis, but and maybe keep Tyreek Evans around as a six man. Yeah, I mean, it'd be intriguing for sure. That'd be interesting. Uh, number two, Phoenix Suns. DeAndre Ayton has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he takes he takes right over for for those guys. Could he play with Tyson Chandler at all? No, no. They'd I probably try. So. They'd probably try it. No, in Phoenix, they probably would. But no, yeah. You take eight and be done with it. Pairing with Booker going forward, and that's Booker and Jackson. Josh Jackson's turned it on. Yeah, yeah. He's been good. He's turned it on. But yeah, who's at three? The Dallas Mavericks. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, Tankathon has Jaron Jackson Jr. going to them, but I, I think we'd both be in agreement that they take Michael Porter. Yeah, yeah. It's hard I mean, because this is real life now. Our, our boards have been under the influence that he is, you know. Okay, if he is fully, fully held, like we, I just it's under got, the influence of if. <laughs> it's so hard to know like where he's like where he's at health wise. So, yeah, I mean. All right, so let's do it both ways. So let's say he's healthy. We take him, right? No questions. Yeah, yeah, I would. You know, he's I'd... not healthy. Who do you go with then? Um, According to my big board, I'd go with Bagley. Wow. Yeah. I'd probably go Jaron Jackson. I think uh, I think I would go. I, I, I still have Bamba over Jaron Jackson. I'm all in on Bamba, man. I I once Bamba gets in those pre-draft workouts, don't be surprised if he is three. 
I wouldn't be surprised one bit. But Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, Bamba. Right, so we'll Bamba seems like the guy that's kind of fallen a little bit in in mock drafts. Everybody's going to these Spurs. Marvin Bagley's going to go back up, and <laughs> Bamba's going to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but Bamba is. It's funny how fluid these are as far as you know media members that cover you know the draft. Yeah. So all right, we're in. We're kind of in agreement that they would take Porter, but then yeah, uh, let's if, just say Porter. But if Porter wasn't healthy, then we would go with. I would go with Jaron Jackson. He would go with Marvin Bagley. Yeah. So Cleveland. Oh, uh, that Carolina Duke game. Whoo! Oh my gosh, Marvin Bagley. It was it was tough seeing Bagley do that, but oh my gosh, man, that second half. It, it for the people who are down on Marvin Bagley, watch this second half against North Carolina. Then tell me if you're still down on him. Like, imagine, imagine that you know Dwight. See how effective Dwight Powell is right now. Stop comparing him to Dwight Powell. And then just imagine Carlisle being able to take Marvin Bagley, who is like the uh, like an Optimus Prime version of Dwight Powell. That's he's just okay. like way better in like every single way and souped up and has all like all the more advantages, and playing him in that role that Dwight Powell plays. Like he took over the game, and like like straight took over, and of course Duke won by ten. But he like he even came down, and they just they passed it to him like a dirt trail in three, just top of the key, nothing but net, Bang. smooth form, everything is just like dude was balling. So yeah, um, let's let's just say Porter Jr. Assuming he's healthy. All right, Cleveland Cavaliers hilariously have the number four pick uh people people don't give them the credit because boston is the one that's getting all these draft picks and rebuilding but uh cleveland now has a really high lottery pick and they also have lebron james for now just kidding yeah for now um so let's say porter jr's off the board this is interesting their summer is so fascinating because by the time they draft they won't know if lebron's leaving Yeah, they, they might have an idea. He might tell them, but they're not going to know for sure because free agency is not until you know a couple weeks later. And I think the draft could be really telling of what LeBron will do, because if Le- if they know LeBron's going to leave, then they should look to trade Kevin Love on draft night. Yeah, and so then in that case, and probably George Hill too if they can. Yeah, so like that's the thing. Like if if they know LeBron's leaving. And they have it planned to trade Kevin Love, then you take Bagley, and you're done with it. Like you don't even think twice about it. But if you're, but if you're operating that LeBron could be back, then I probably take Jaren Jackson. And if you're operating that, you're still trying to convince LeBron to come back. Do you take Trey Young? No, I'm out on Trey Young because that's his guy. His guy, really? Shabazz Napier was his guy. So <laughs> that worked out. That that turned out awesome. Shabazz Napier was, you know, a great player coming out of UConn and a great player at UConn, let's put it that way. <laughs> and LeBron LeBron when he was about to leave Miami, he was like, you know, Shabazz Napier, he was like praising him on Twitter, and then the Miami went out and drafted him, and then LeBron left and went back to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> so this could be the exact same thing again except for with Trey Young. I I think man Cleveland would really for somebody to literally take Trey Young over Marvin Bagley and even Jaron Jackson and Bamba especially Bagley like oh, whew, 
that would be that would be something I think you would look at for years to come. Speaking of Cleveland, by the way, so yeah, I I don't think that they would take Trey Young. Uh, I think you're right. They, they would take Bagley if he's there or Jaron Jackson. If LeBron's staying, Jaron Jackson, because Jaron Jackson, I think, is the most like ready of those guys, like right now. Right. I think Bagley has the higher ceiling of those three. I think Bamba is right up there, high ceiling, but he's more of a five go bear type. Right. So, yeah. Speaking, also speaking of Cleveland, uh, Larry Nance Jr. looking pretty good. Good dunking. I mean, he had like eighteen and ten at halftime today. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You're not impressed. <laughs> I'm still I just think he's kind of overrated. Yeah, but you don't think he's better than Dwight Powell. New role Dwight Powell or old Dwight Powell? Larry Nance Jr. finished with twenty two and fifteen tonight against the Pistons. They win? They did. Hundred and twelve to ninety because the Pistons are terrible right now. Yeah, they are. They're bad. They're really bad. All right, who is uh, so the, the Pistons are so bad. They're starting a Memphis cast off at three in James Ennis. <laughs> is that the same James Ennis? Are there yeah, two the James Ennis's? They, they traded for him. It's crazy. Um, let's let's just say that Cleveland's operating like LeBron's going to be back. So let's just you want to say Jaron Jackson? They'll take Jaron Jackson. Yeah, that that is exactly what I have. Uh, Orlando, okay. I think takes Trey Young. I can't. I just are they going to take Marvin Bagley with Gordon and Isaac? That's just like, I don't know. Like you're, he probably has a higher ceiling. No, Trey Young, I if think has a higher ceiling than than Bagley does. But it's just, I think Bagley has a higher. For sure. I think ba- Bagley has a higher ceiling than the other two, than Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon. Agreed. So like that's the thing. Like when you don't have a stud, and in a weird way, you then, can play them off together. Yes, a very weird way. But let's just say that I'll agree with you. That if they go off need, then sure, Trey Young. They also just need a star. They need a guy that can just come in and light it up. Well, Oklahoma's not even going to make the tournament, so well, they might not. Neither did NC State with Dennis. So I know, but it's because they didn't have enough money at the end. They just ran out. They used uh... it. They used it all trying to get some talent. All right, let. You can so much for our back and forth. We didn't do any back and forth. We we've been going back and forth with our picks, but uh, okay. You uh, sure? Let's put Trey Young there. But you don't like it, so that means Bagley, I, I Bagley goes like to Atlanta. Bagley and John Collins. Stop it! If you don't if you don't draft Marvin Bagley for John Collins because of John Collins, we no, no, no. I'm saying that would be that would be good. I'm saying that'd be a good. Front oh, okay, court. okay. I think they seriously consider Obama there, but yeah, they need a big. They definitely need a big. They need everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, they need everything. <laughs> they definitely need everything. So then, then uh, Atlanta gets Bagley, Kings. Well, whoever's left out of that group, so I guess Bamba. I guess they go Bamba, even though Willie Colley Stein's there. He's kind of take Bamba. They're taking Bamba. Uh, the Bulls. This is an interesting situation. What pick is this? Eight. This is eight. So you got eight. Wendell Carter, you got Michael Bridges, Miles Bridges. That's kind of the only good. Kevin Knox, Colin Sexton. Not really because you know, Colin Sexton could be an interesting guard off the bench for them, but they need I, they need like starters. <laughs> I really like Colin Sexton, but uh, for Chicago, 
you know, they got Chris Dunn, and Chris Dunn looks like he's he's going to be good. And I mean, yeah. he's been good this yeah, year. Yeah. So he's been good against the Mavs. And he's young enough to where he's young enough, and you're at this spot in the in the lottery to where it's okay to draft need if that makes sense. You know. Like Especially when, if you have other young options at different positions. Like we've we've talked yeah. about this before where the Mavericks are in a situation where they have a point guard, you know, that that they have on their board higher than let, like let's say they think that Trey Young is better than than Jaron Jackson, right? But those are the yeah. two guys that are available. Even if you think Trey Trey Young's better, you still have a a bigger need at, you know, at at a big. <laughs> you know, yeah. I always preach best available, but that's that's a different situation. So yeah. they're young guys who who we think that they're sticking with. You have uh, Dunn. I at think po- it's just the, Dunn the three guys guard. they got from many. Levine is a is a restricted free agent that that'll probably stick around at two, yeah. two guard. And then uh, their three has been kind of a disaster this year. And uh, and then Laurie Marketing. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, Bobby Portis has been has has had some really good games for them this year, but. I think ideally they would love to get their hands on Mo Bamba. Yes, um, to Mo Mo and Laurie Marketing would be so great. Yeah. So, but in this situation, I'll go with Miles Bridges. Okay, My, I'm good with that. Miles Bridges. He could play the three for them if they want to go small. They could move Markin to the five, move Bridges uh, to the four. They take another Michigan State guy, him and Denzel. Yeah, yeah, Denzel Valentine, Denzel Washington. All right, number number nine, the uh, the New York Knicks. <laughs> this is a tough one. So you got you have Wendell Carter, you have Miles Bridges. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do they go? This is a tough one. Here, I love Michael Bridges, but here's the thing with them. Even in this situation, Michael Bridges is out. like the wing version of Frank Nilakina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I love Michael Bridges, but like they gave out the whole bank to Tim Hardaway Jr. And then they have he's Nilekina. a two though. Yeah, but like Bridges would be a two. I mean, I think he would be. I mean, he's like six six, six seven. He could play a three. I was gonna say he'd be three, but yeah, two three. So I mean, I I would just take Michael Bridges and be done with it because of the talent at this point. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. Wendell Carter dropping. Dropping, I think it's right where he should be. Number ten. Oh no! Oh no! The Charlotte Hornets at number ten. This is where we're gonna stop. The Charlotte Hornets. Do they take Wendell Carter, even though they have like all the mediocre big men you could ever ask for? What sucks is like Colin Sexton needs to be picked right now, and Colin Sexton too. Actually, Robert Williams too is there. Actually, if I'm the Knicks, I take Colin Sexton. Wow. And I just do whatever with Moody. Yeah, I take that back. Moody would be Knicks, a good I'd backup take Colin for Sexton. them. Yeah, I take Colin Sexton and say you and Nilakina. That's our backcourt going forward. He's got that swagger too. Yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat. So in that case, uh, the Hornets. I would take Michael Bridges. Okay. All right. <laughs> I can't. We almost had them take Wendell Carter. I would have felt so bad for him. <laughs> Who did we have the Kings taking? Mo Bamba. Mm, sorry, Mo. Everybody wants to go to sack. Nobody wants to go to sack. <laughs> that is like, as a player thing. 
I feel bad for anybody that goes there. So this is what we have. Memphis taking Luka Doncic. Phoenix Phoenix taking DeAndre Ayton. Dallas taking Michael Porter Jr. if he's healthy. Cleveland taking Jaron Jackson Jr. if LeBron comes back. Orlando taking Trey Young because they need somebody that can actually score points. Atlanta agree with that one, taking, taking Marvin Bagley. The Kings taking Mohamed Bamba. The Bulls taking Miles Bridges from Michigan State. The Knicks taking Colin Sexton and just being done with it. And then the Hornets taking Michael Bridges. Yes. So let me give you an alternate scenario. Let's say Orlando's sitting there at five and they take Bagley. When does Trey Young go off the board? That's tough. Okay. So who's have, the, who's have, the next one? Kings, or no? Atlanta no. is next. Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta takes Bamba. At that point. Okay. Kings won't take him. No. The Bulls Kings probably take won't whoever. take him. Probably not. No. The Knicks. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. where he goes. I think Knicks take him and pair him with Nilakina, and freaking Knicks fans will go ballistic that hoping that they got the next Steph Curry. So if he doesn't go to the Knicks, though, then you got Hornets? No. 76ers? Possibly, yes. Clippers? He could play off the ball and drain it. And Clippers, that's his, that's his floor. I mean, they take him in a heartbeat. Because then, then you have Clippers, Jazz, Clippers again. Yeah. Then you have, the, then you have Phoenix twice. <laughs> if I'm the Clippers, I'm doing everything I can with those two picks to try, try to get to into the top, top seven. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take both. And that would be take both these and move up. Who? Okay, well, this is a conversation for a different day, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavericks. That was our Locked On Mocked On Mavs. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, keep tweeting us at Nick Van Exit at Isaac Harris NBA. We appreciate all the love we get on social media. Y'all are awesome. Peace out. Boom.